Welcome to the Travel Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Aileen Blanco. I interview successful industry professionals and share my personal journey to becoming a travel agent. The show is for aspiring travel agents and travel professionals at every level. My mission is to uncover the universal keys to thrive in this business. Join me as I take a closer look into the life of a travel agent. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Travel Agent Podcast. I am super excited for you to uh, be introduced to our new guest, and she is going to introduce herself. All right. I am here and so excited. I am Shannon Cunningham LeBlanc. Um, You may know me by Shannon LeBlanc. I'm going back to Shannon Cunningham. So that is how I'm moving forward. And I have been a travel professional for about 21 years now, I think. Have to add it together because I was in the industry in the 80s, late 80s, and 90s for 10 years and then I got out of the industry for about 10 or 11 years and now I've been back in it for 10 11 years awesome Um, yeah (laughs) that takes us to my very first question that I ask all of my guests tell me how you got started and then restarted So I got started because I wanted to be a flight attendant and I wanted to travel because I had never traveled as a child. We had went, I live in Louisiana and we had taken, the only time I'd ever taken a trip out of state was once when I was about 10 or 11 years old to Mississippi to the beach in Biloxi. And of course, it was just magnificent to me, and I couldn't think there would be anything better. And as I started growing older and seeing how big this world is and seeing what was out there, I was like, okay, I need to get on a plane and fly and see this world. But my mom, being from small town, small, small town, Louisiana, never flew. Um, and she, and I was in school for travel and tourism and telling her, you know, I had an interview set up with the airlines and she just was like, I can't, I can't take it. You being on a plane every day. I just don't think I can handle that. And so I just felt horrible. <laughs> so I said, well, how about if I do this, there's this thing called a travel agent and I could be a travel agent. So hopefully I'll get to go on some trips, but I won't be on a plane every day. And um, so she agreed that she could handle that. (laughs) So that's how I became a travel agent. And I started off as, um, while I was in school for travel and tourism, I I was an intern and I would file brochures and process tickets for an agency. And then they eventually hired me on. Nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. It was. I loved filing brochures. (laughs) I can't even, you know, just thinking back to that, those days uh, and the tasks that I had, you know, pulling the tickets off the ticketing machine and um, filing the brochures, you know, we would get big stacks of mail of brochures and I would put them in the brochure rack and I would take the old ones out and <laughs> that, that sounds happen anymore. <laughs> like I was just like, I, I can't even visualize that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was quite an experience. (laughs) I'd say so. So how did you get back into the industry? 
So I was, I got out of it because I um, decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'd had a, a young child. I had a baby. So at about one, a little bit, one and a half, I decided um, I was going to stay home and try to do that stay-at-home mom thing. And it was just when the World Wide Web was introduced. Um, commissions were being cut by the airlines and things were starting to take a turn. And, you know, the travel industry has seen lots of turns and changes over the years. So this was one of them. However, I didn't realize it was. So I was like, you know, it's a good time to get out and I'll be a stay-at-home mom. So got out and um, the stay-at-home mom job lasted maybe a year. And they figured I was better off working. <laughs> right. Uh, same thing happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, that's when I tapped into my entrepreneurial spirit and they opened up my own photography studio so did that and as the creativity for the photography business kind of started fading away and for something like that you really have to be tapped into your creativity and so I was like you know what this isn't working anymore I'm going to go back to travel because that's where my heart's always been and I think I can, you know, I can still do that. I can work from home. And so I um, started researching how, you know, how to do this again, because it was totally different. And so I found a friend who had her own, her own IATA number. Um, she was in a networking group and became an independent consultant under her and took off from there. 10 years ago? Yeah, 10, in 2000, the end of 2009. So, so yeah, I got back in and so thankful that I had the, the travel background, you know, that foundation was very, very helpful, but so thankful for the entrepreneurial journey that I had in my photography business, you know, learning to, to run a business and learning to market a business was really a big part in this new travel venture. Right. So what is something that um, we'll, we'll talk about the second go around. What is something that you failed at or you didn't do so well that you feel like you've mastered at this point? Like on this, I failed at just trying to find the right host at first. That's definitely what I failed at. And, and now that I've, um, did some research, did some interviews and found the host that's best fit for me. Um, I can see, you know, I just jumped at the first opportunity that came along. And so I'm glad, you know, looking back now, everything happens for a reason. So I'm not going to regret anything, but I wish I would have just taken a little bit more time to research host agencies to see what I didn't realize they were so different. That's something that we had talked about on the pre-interview and making sure because people don't realize how big of decision that is and to take that more seriously. Yeah, definitely. So what is something that you wish you would have known um, that you can tell our newbies um, that would have been more helpful for your business um, if you had known it in the beginning? Oh, to definitely find a niche in the beginning. Um, You can't be everything to everybody because it just won't work. You'll um, spread yourself out way too thin. You'll burn out really fast and you won't enjoy it. You'll just end up being miserable saying this is not what I thought it was. So definitely hone in on a niche and and find what your passion is and how you want to work and what your brilliance is in this travel industry and how you can hone in on that brilliance and make that work as your niche. 
So what is your niche? My niche is romance travel. Wonderful. I can see how the background in photography and romance travel kind of go together because they're both just, you know, fun-loving, happy times. Absolutely. So what is the one of the most important things that you have gained from working in this industry? Oh, I have gained a new outlet for my creativity. Um, You know, I thought not being able to do photography, I would not be, I would lose my creative outlet. Um, However, I managed to rechannel it through my travel business. And I come up with fun and cool and innovative ideas to do for my clients, for the trips, um, to help other agents, things like, you know, just different, different ways to to channel my creativity um, at trade shows. I like to have fun and come up with different ideas to engage people. So I'm learning to, you know, you, you think you've lost something. I thought I lost my creativity, but I didn't lose it. That I don't think you can ever lose it. I've learned that you can never lose your creativity and you'll never run out of ideas. As long as you stay tuned in and true to yourself, it'll still be there and you can just rechannel it. I love it. I was just about to ask you like one piece of advice that, but I, I think you just gave us three. If you have another one, please let us know. <laughs> like what is, what is one thing that um, you think is probably one of the top three things that is important in your business that really makes you successful? Hiring a coach, hiring a business coach, and I don't mean just getting somebody to mentor you. I'm talking about pay money and have somebody coach you in your business. Put skin in the game. A coach sees things that you do not see. When you look at a picture, you can see the whole frame and everything in the picture. When you're in the picture, you cannot see the frame and what's around you. And a business coach can do that in so many ways. And that is one of the things that has really helped me to succeed in my business is, is having a business coach. I love that answer. And not that anybody asked, but I'm going to run down the difference between a coach and a consultant because you got to be careful because a coach is someone who's going to coach you through and they're going to walk you through and you're going to figure it out and they're going to help you along the way. Whereas a consultant mm-hmm. pretty much just tells you what to do. And a lot of times that's not always helpful. Right. Someone telling you what to do and someone working it through with you. So I love that you believe in business coaches. I am a huge fan of coaches. I think it's actually really underutilized in most businesses. I definitely agree. I agree. I've, um, since hiring a business coach, I've, you know, hired a personal trainer coach and, you know, just in different aspects of my life, I can see where it's helped me personally and in my business. And if we're asking someone to hire us, right, to, you know, do a service for them and all of the background and training that we had to do, it just makes sense to have someone who is a professional and who knows, you know, a coach in business to walk you through a business because a lot of us just really enjoy travel and we've Mm -hmm. never run a business before. Right. So I just, I'm so like... I'm going to have to do a whole episode on that. So we might, we might have to, to, to take this around again and, and have this call again. Yeah, um, absolutely. Cause I'd like to hear more about that. Um, and I love what you're doing. I think you're doing amazing things. And I also want to know what things do you have coming up um, that you're kind of excited for? 
Um, well, I've got a couple things coming up. I've actually got a couple of independent consultants that are going to start working under me. So I'm excited about that, kind of branching out. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm kind of taking a turn or a shift in my business um, as um, being contracted out by different people as engagement coordinators or engage, you know, or um, we, I don't have the official title yet, um, but for, for example, from my host agency hires me to do a web show every week called Travel Connections Live. And so every week I have a live show with one of our um, preferred partners and I do a 30 minute show and it's not an interview. It's not a web you know, a webinar. It's not, it is educational, but it's also inspirational and it's consumer facing. So it's forward facing for the, for the client. So it's for, it's put on, it's powered by our host agency and it's for our agents to share. And it's for anybody, anybody can, can find the show and ship, but they, we encourage the agents to share it with their subscribers and their followers so they can be inspired and we do fun things. We do cooking demonstrations, we do mixology classes, we do do-it-yourself facial spas from my bathroom. And <laughs> so it's something a little different. It's been very entertaining and the agents can use it as the content. So I have advisors that share the link to the show in their newsletters and on their Facebook pages, they'll create a watch party and say, hey, watch this with me. It's with one of my preferred suppliers. You know, we're watching Oceana Cruises and I love selling them and they're doing a, doing an at-home facials. So it's really fun. And this week, tomorrow, I'm doing my first on location live. So I'm nice. gonna be, I know I'm gonna be in New Orleans at the Windsor Court for poolside cocktails and talking about New Orleans. Love it. Well, you are so full of information and wonderfulness, and I just love your energy. So we are definitely going to have you back on the show. Yes. Um, and all of her information will be in the blog post. And we are just so grateful that you decided to come on the show, and I will definitely be booking you again. Awesome. I'm excited. I can't wait to be back. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Carpenter's Corner, Attorney at Law. Hi, Lynn, and thanks so much for uh, inviting me on again. Uh, I'm Tom Carpenter. I'm an attorney. I'm licensed in New York and Illinois. Just to get my professional obligations out of the way, this might be viewed as attorney advertising, so that uh, I'm making that disclosure. Um, nothing in this uh, podcast is intended to be specific legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. And... Uh, prior results don't guarantee future outcomes. So I'm just making my uh, legal notification of that. Um, but uh, just wanted to start off talking about uh, the importance of having a terms and conditions document for your business. And essentially, we all know that suppliers have their own terms and conditions of booking that we agree to on behalf of our clients or that our clients agree to when we book them. Um, but there's also a lot of value in having a terms and conditions document for your own business because um, the foundation of everything is that travel is a, a high-risk industry and you want to avoid legal risk wherever you can 
can avoid it. Um, you might be sending your clients to Las Vegas, but you shouldn't be gambling with your business. So um, just a, a, in terms of uh, the terms and conditions document, basically anything that somebody might want to file a lawsuit about, it doesn't have to be a legitimate lawsuit, frivolous lawsuits are out there too, but um, in order to avoid legal risk, you can have a, a terms and conditions document that makes a number of disclosures to your clients about the risks of traveling because all travel has some element of risk uh, that um, makes it clear what your relationship is with the travel supplier, that you're not the provider of travel, instead that you are the uh, agent that's booking the travel uh, with the supplier for your clients, uh, and uh, just a host of other things uh, that you could potentially find yourself on the receiving end of a, of a lawsuit. Um, and keep in mind too that, um, you know, I mentioned legitimate lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits, it doesn't really have to, it doesn't even have to be the case that you've done something wrong. Uh, when I've represented clients before, a lot of times they'll ask a question about if I do this, if I do that, is that going to get me sued? And the answer is, well, you can always be sued. Uh, somebody can always file a lawsuit against you, even if you're not doing anything wrong. And the importance of having a terms and conditions document to protect your business is that it makes it less likely that the lawsuit will be filed, the frivolous lawsuit will be filed, and it gives you something to point to when you're defending um, that frivolous lawsuit. So, um, so for, for example, some of the things that you could include in there would be uh, travel advisories, um, pointing people toward the um, Department of State travel advisories, if they have questions about, is it safe to go to Morocco? Is it safe to go to Denmark? Um, uh, questions about uh, 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 the current COVID-19 epidemic, for example, uh, pointing them to the CDC website, the WHO website, uh, the STEP program, enrolling them in recommendations that you enroll them in the STEP program. But there are all sorts of other things that, um, that can be in a terms and conditions document that would really um, provide, provide that kind of protection. Um, I, one, of, one thing that I've seen in some, and I included in, in some of the documents that I draft for my clients, is uh, an advisory about uh, currency fluctuations, because um, it might sound silly that uh, somebody would file a lawsuit against you because they didn't realize that the currency rate could change, and suddenly the, the trip that they booked became much more expensive. But um, that exists in a lot of people's boilerplates because that lawsuit's been filed at one point or another and it's just it's just one more thing to to, to have to deal with and to protect yourself from so those are just a few examples of some of the provisions that that get put into those documents also um, you know advisories about insurance are really important um, there are certain legal requirements that the government uh, requires, uh, the insecticide warnings if you're selling airline tickets, the hazardous materials uh, disclosures. In certain cases, you may be required to disclose those. If you build them into your terms and conditions document, 
they're already there in your boilerplate and you, uh, it's just one less box that you have to worry about checking off. Um, insurance, I think I mentioned. Uh, and then uh, waiving liability. Um, there, there, you can put provisions in your terms and conditions document that make it clear that you are not responsible for um, breaches or, uh, or negligence that uh, is caused by a third party, like a supplier. Um, so, so that you aren't getting sued because the airline or the cruise line or the hotel or the tour operator um, did something that got them sued. Um, all, all sorts of all sorts of things like that. Um, so it's basically just a document that um, that is is drafted in a way that's going to protect your business. Um, a couple of things to say too. There are certainly some templates and some boilerplate that's out there. Uh, you can take a look at what's available online. There are lots of free resources. Um, if you want to do it yourself, if you're comfortable drafting it, um, you don't necessarily have to have a lawyer draft it for you. But I will say, be careful that some of that boilerplate, if you're going to use something that's been crafted as a template, uh, make sure that you're looking at it carefully because uh, not uh, all of those provisions are going to be necessary or relevant to the way you do business. Every business is different. It's a really good idea to make sure that you've got a um, uh, a document that's that's crafted for your business. Uh, and the other thing that I would say is uh, it doesn't have to be um, uh, it doesn't have to be a long document. Uh, it doesn't have to include everything under the sun. But uh, but what is important is that you actually get your client to agree to the document affirmatively. And that doesn't necessarily mean wet ink on paper uh, with a signature. It, it could just mean that when you um, send them their travel documents or when you send them uh, a new client information form that you're having them check a box because uh, it can be really, really important to... Uh, to have them actually agree to what you're putting in front of them. Um, because if it just lives on your website and they never look at it and it's buried someplace, um, then you're not actually creating a binding contract because there's no agreement there. Uh, so that's, that's one important thing uh, to, to kind of build it into your workflow that you get them to agree to it. And there are ways to do that. You know, obviously you don't want clients to run screaming in the other direction because they see a bunch of legalese and they think, well, what am I getting into? But, um, but there are ways, there are ways to do that in your, in your workflow where you can make it available to them. Um, they don't necessarily have to read every, every line of it in order to agree to it. Um, but there are definitely ways that you can, that you can do that. So again, you know, just to recap briefly, uh, the um, terms and conditions document is a really important thing to protect your business. Building it into your workflow and having your clients agree to it, uh, to terms and conditions can give them uh, both the legal requirements of the things you're required to disclose. It can uh, uh, protect you from liability. Uh, it, it can uh, ward off frivolous lawsuits for all of those things that you wouldn't think that you would be sued for, but in this day and age, anybody can sue anybody for anything else. And it's always best to take the steps you need to protect your business. So a good terms and conditions document is uh, an important part of that. So again, um, I'm Tom Carpenter, and thank you so much for the opportunity to, to talk to you. And I'll turn it back over to Lynn. Thank you for joining the Travel Agent Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Visit the travelagentpodcast.com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.